The following is a North Carolina Baptist resource. For more, visit ncbaptist.org. All right, so we are looking at a ministry excellence in a culture of good enough. And some of this stems out of um, church leaders, um, myself, others, um, really seeing that we are being outdone um, by cultural um, retailers, by cultural um, uh, um, uh, restaurant owners. Right? We look at Starbucks and we see that they have um, a desire to create what they said is a, a, is a second space. Right? They're, they're calling um, people to come and experience community there. We see, um, we see a guy like Walt Disney um, who has a big dream and a big vision for um, for this amusement park, I love one of the stories um, uh, that he he wrote about as he was thinking about that and dreaming about that. His wife said, "Why do you want to build an amusement park? They're just just dirty and not a, not a good place to be." And he said, "Mine's not going to be like that." Right. So um, I'm on staff with Danny Frank. Some of you may know him. He he really um, drives the charge for guest services at our church. But he loves to go to Disney and throw down like an apple core and see how long. Um, it takes before one of the cast members come along and sweep that apple core up. I think he's only gotten to like 27 seconds before, right? So they're on their game there. They, 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 they understand that the, 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 the product, per se, that they are producing is something that people are coming to, they're hungry for, and they're enjoying it. Um, now, some of that, that talk about Starbucks and Disney and, and things like that, like, like whoa, we have... We're, we're the church. Like we aren't, we aren't trying to bring in money. We aren't trying to, to be a big production. Um, but places like Starbucks and Disney, they've learned these things and are being able to bring people in. And they don't have the greatest message that the world has ever heard. They don't have the greatest message that those who haven't heard need to, need to hear. And so our churches are being outdone by industries um, like uh, the, the, the restaurant world and the uh, amusement world. And so I, my hope um, in this is to help us see um, that God has called us um, to strive for excellence in all that we do um, in our churches. So um, recognizing God's plan A is to fulfill the Great Commission with the greatest story ever told. A people have been rescued and redeemed. We're unified by the cross of Christ. And yet oftentimes we are complacent when it comes to excellence. And so perhaps today the question you would ask of yourself, um, of your uh, church ministry leaders, of your teams, like have you come to a place where you are complacent? Um, As we're um, thinking through that, um, I do recognize that there are tensions. And we need to recognize tensions and oftentimes hold um, tensions in flux. Because I believe in Scripture we have a clear call to do do things well. Right, we see that we are called to do, um, to eat, drink, or sleep. No matter what we do, we're due to, all to the glory of God. I'm reminded um, in Mark 7 where uh, Jesus had been teaching. He'd been performing uh, miracles. The, the, the crowds were continuing um, to grow and to gather. And they said, um, they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Danny Aiken, as he was unpacking this passage in Mark 7, he said there there are a couple things that are really present as Jesus is teaching and the crowds are continuing to gather and they're looking upon his ministry. He says that, that, that Jesus was the God who could not be hidden 
and he was the Lord who did all things well. And we see an example of Christ and his leadership and his ministry doing all things well so that others would look to it. And as Jesus pointed to his Father in heaven, that they would consider Christ and they would become reconciled. All right, we recognize also, though, that on our own power, um, there is nothing that we can accomplish in the church. Right? We, we have scripture telling us that God's plan, the gospel moving forward, that the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. It will move forward. And so as we work as unto the Lord, we need to, to remember that we indeed are working as unto the Lord. Psalm 127, 1, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. I wonder if oftentimes um, our work is in vain because we don't remember that He is the one who builds the house. As we um, look at kind of and set the stage for a couple of things, recognizing that those two tensions are in place, perhaps one of the, the greatest examples if we have um, in Scripture of this is Nehemiah. Right? In Nehemiah, we saw a man who was broken for his city, the destruction of his city. He had a burden that led him to action. We see a man who was diligent in planning, who said, this is, this is what I have. This is the vision I have set forth to rebuild. This is what I want to do. This is my desire moving forward. Then he acted. But then we see in Nehemiah a man who trusted God to, to use his work for the sake of his glory and to bring it to fruition, to bring it um, to the, the end goal that Nehemiah had desired. And so perhaps as we um, uh, jump into some of the practical things, that, that's the, the foundation that we want to, to, to land on. Right? The tension of, um, yes, we want to do all things well. We want to do everything in our own power um, to, 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 to work hard, um, to do everything with excellence. But we must remember that if we um, labor on our own power and not in the Lord's strength, that we labor in vain. All right? So I want to walk us through um, just a couple practical things, some things that we do as a team. Uh, I, I recognize um, that within this room there are um, several uh, different contexts represented, represented from churches of maybe 50 to 100 to churches of over um, 1,000. And I believe some of the tools that I want to walk us through this morning can really be um, utilized no matter what context you are in. They may take a different shape, a different form, um, this is a process that I walk through with a staff team and a couple volunteers, but this is something that you can walk through with your team of volunteers. And it's really um, in looking at the preparation for weekend services or Sunday morning services, um, looking at the execution of those services, and then looking at the follow-up um, the day after of those services. So it can be used for weekend services. It can be used um, also for large events that you're doing. And I'll go ahead and give um, credit where credit is due. Uh, this first uh, kind of exercise that I want us to walk through, um, Steve Quartz, uh, who is the lead pastor at Center Grove in Clemens, he led our staff team through this um, probably about 14 years ago. And it's something that um, I have uh, seen used in the past 14 years and now um, have the privilege of leading my staff team through it. And so I want to make sure that, uh, that he gets some of that um, uh, recognition for, for this. So let's jump in to preparation. All right. 
Whenever um, we are leading our teams, we want to recognize that details matter, right? We understand that the gospel is offensive, but nothing else should be, right? The gospel of Jesus through the Holy Spirit brings conviction, showing us the, the very depths of our sin that is offensive to a holy God. The kindness of the Lord draws us to repentance. So we know that the gospel work is going to bring an offense towards people's sin when they hear when the Holy Spirit um, brings realization of that in their lives. But everything else we do, we want to make sure is not offensive. And so our goal as, as men, women, boys and girls are coming to our churches is that we are breaking down barriers to the gospel because we want them to hear and to respond um, to the truth of it. And so we want to walk through um, everything that, that a guest family is going to experience when they come to our church. And what's it going to look like? What's it going to sound like? I mean, maybe even what's it going to smell like? like what, 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 what are they going to experience when they come on to our campuses? And so what we like to do is just put, um, uh, put into play um, this family who's coming to our church on Sunday morning, right? It's March 1st, 2020. They're arriving in a Honda minivan because that's what all good parents do. They bring their family to church in a Honda minivan. You've got Dad Tom, Mom Andrea, Son Zach, Daughter Amy, Daughter Annie. That's what it looks like. You've got a teenager. You've got a nine-year-old who's probably in fourth grade in kids' ministry. And then you've got a newborn baby. And so that family is going to be coming with, with multiple asks of your church team when they enter um, the parking lot. So where's a good place for us to start? Where should we start thinking about this family? Parking, parking lot. Great. What should we be thinking about in the parking lot? How do they get in easy? How do they get in easy? All right. What are, what are good ways that we help our, our people get into a parking lot easily? Signage. signage. All right. Signage is super important. What else? Attendance. Attendance. Right. A good parking lot team member can replace a sign. Signs are important. But people are more important. Who are they going to see when their tires hit the parking lot for the first time? Right? And so that individual who may be their first face, which can be a struggle right here, because a lot of times the people who want to be in the parking lot are not always the ones that have the greatest face to be the first time face to be seen by the people coming to your church, right? Right? I'm sorry if some of you are on the parking lot team. I saw, I saw an elbow. We, we, we want to we help, help our people understand that indeed they are the first ones. A smile, saying welcome as they're, as they're helping, helping them lead. A person um, is invaluable, um, uh, arguably more valuable than a sign, but signage is also vital. All right, so our guest families made it to the parking lot. Any, any of you do anything intentional um, with first-time guest families when their car rolls in? What are some practices maybe you're doing? Turn their flashers on to indicate they're first time. Okay, turn flashers on, that's, that's a good way. You've got guest parking, some special parking maybe that you've got um, marked out um, via cones so that you make sure nobody parks there. Maybe you even have signage for that. Maybe you have some paint on, um, on the, the asphalt in those parking spaces. All right, and then so our cars turn their, their, their flashers on. They've made it to the guest tent or, or the guest parking um, spot. Then, then what's happening? Um, some practices you're doing at your church. It's raining. We have umbrellas. Raining umbrellas. So, like, the umbrellas are maybe one of the greatest things to bring somebody back to your church. And I know that sounds odd, um, but we, we do a, a week after survey from our guests. And time after time, after rainy days happen, 
the umbrella, and somebody walked with me from my car to the, to the front door, or, or, or at Summit we have a guest tent, um, to do that has been on there more times than anything else. So I think that is very good. If your guest services team isn't already utilizing um, an umbrella, um, or if you don't have a guest services team, but you've got some, some ushers, give them a couple umbrellas, let them walk some folks to the door. It makes a huge difference. All right, good. Umbrellas. All right, what else? Communication. Okay. Parking, parking lot attendants call um, some of our guest service people and say, hey, these people are coming and visiting. And they'll show them and then they'll go get them. And That's good. All right. So you are using walkie-talkie, walkie-talkies, I guess. So, so you've got a parking lot attendant who has the, the car coming in with their flashers. They're letting the first-time uh, guest folks know that they're coming to park. They're receiving that information. They're meeting them at the car. Is that? We try to get them to. Them, though. Okay. Always happen, but we try. All right. Good. All right. So we've 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 communicated now. Um, what are we What are we doing with the family once they've gotten out of the car? Anybody pra- uh, best practices you think you've you've learned so far? All right. So we've got them parked, and that's where we are. Right. Okay. Okay. That's good. Um, and, and another thing, just to, to, to mention a little bit on this, right? We are um, we are doing this this within a staff context or a volunteer context where you've got volunteer leaders, and so I'm helping them um, walk through this. So I've already handed it off. I've I've, I've handed it to my um, guest services director who has been talking through this first part. As soon as we get to kids area. A kids director is going to take the lead in this exercise and walk through that. Whenever we get over here with, um, with Zach, we're going to talk student pastor, and he's going to talk through what we're doing with Zach. And then whenever we get mom and dad into the worship center, our worship, worship team and production team is going to walk through that. So just so h- how you know, you're walking through this exercise. All right, so we've got our family to the guest tent. We're helping them with their kids. Um, are we gathering information? Are you all gathering information then? Are you doing it in service? How, how are things working at your churches? Okay. Because especially if you got kids, then they've got to sign them in to kids check in, so you're getting their names or email that information. You're getting basic contact information. Okay. That's good. That's good. One of the stops that we always want to make is 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 in the lobby, right? No matter if your lobby um, is is small or it is grand, you need to have just an initial hey. Ladies' bathroom, men's bathroom, kids' area, students, just help them get acclimated. If your bathrooms are down three sets of stairs and to the right, like you need to, need to at least strive to help them um, get a piece of that. That's good. All right, so we've got, we've got some information for them. We're helping them check in. We've got, a, we've got um, a little Annie on an elbow there helping mom. We're heading over to kids. All right, what's going on at kids at your church? Any, any kids directors or pastors in here? Okay. Very good. What is, what is the first time um, that Tom and Andrea, as they come over to your area, what are they going to experience? Security check-in. Okay. Security check-in. A safe space. All right. Good. What else? Well, they're going to have somebody walk into their class. Okay. Good. So you do kind of like a concierge service almost. You want, you want to make sure that they, that they have a handoff to someone in kids or someone's always right beside them. Very good. What else? 
ours updates them on kind of the curriculum that we're going through with the gospel project type stuff. Okay. Um, and let them know where they're at and kind of the story behind it. And if they want it, then we provide them resources afterwards to help do a Bible study with the kids at home off of it. Okay. So. Good. We always try to make the mothers feel very comfortable when mm-hmm. leaving her children because I know she won't be able to concentrate unless she's comfortable. Yep. Number one thought of the family that's entered into your church for the first time. Do you know what it is? It's safety. It's safety for their kids. And so the more um, your, 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 your welcome team for your kids ministry is able to reinforce these are the things we have in place. Hey, there's always someone at this door. There's always someone at this door. These doors are locked when you're in church. Um, the more you can do that, you know, have, it, have the way that they're going to be either texted, notified, or if you give them a pager, or if you flash a number up on the screen, the more that you can reinforce that one of our highest values as a kids' ministry is the safety of your child. Um, again, we're breaking down barriers to the gospel. The better that mom's going to be able to sit under the teaching of the Word to hear and respond to the gospel. And so that is, is so key in kids' ministry. So we do have a... When they come to our welcome center, they get checked in, they do all the little paperwork, they get their gift thing. But then for our kids, we try to do it all right there for the most part. They get a temporary one because it's quicker for them instead of trying to enter them. But they get a little temporary one that always has their phone number on it. And that's what we try to do is once they've kind of gotten, someone's walked into their room, they've got established. And once the kids got settled in their place, I send their parents a text to say, hey, you know, and she's doing great, you know, and have a good time. We'll see you when the service ends or something like that. Day. So that they know, hey, we're ready to communicate to you that they're doing good. But also, if mm. there's any issue, we have your number. We'll text you. And- That's great. All right, so, so what, maybe 30 minutes in, hey, Mom, just want to let you know Andy's doing, Andy's doing great. Amy's in there jumping around, singing the songs. Like, like that, is, that is a great touch, 30 minutes in, again, to help Mom and Dad. Feel comfortable. Thank you. That's good. Anything else you think that would be beneficial for us in kids' ministry as we're walking family through? I think it's important, too, that that concierge is, is, is doing what, what I would call a soft handoff. And so, you know, if, uh, if, if mom and dad are heading that way and, and your volunteer is Susie and Susie meets um, Jim in, in that uh, nine-year-old classroom, hey, Hey, Jim, this is Tom and Andrew. This is their daughter, Amy. She's going to be here with you um, for an hour in kids' ministry. I think those soft handoffs using names um, helps really well, too. Something that you can utilize, help train, um, train your teams in there. Now, another thing that helps with that is ours all get the labels okay. that are identified with a number, so whenever the parents come to pick them up, they have to have that in order to check their kids out and stuff. So that's another security point. But it also has the names on it for whoever the leader is. Being new, you may not remember them. Yep. That's good. All right. Here's where we are. We've got Amy checked in. She's already dancing um, to, to, to one of the latest kids' ministry songs. Annie is safely in the arms um, of one of our team members, and she is actually already taking a nap. Um, but now we've got a 15-year-old, right? We've got, we've got our son, Zach, who doesn't want to be there. Already, right? He's had to, to, to for, the, for the last seven, eight minutes or so, he's already been walking around with nothing really mentioned about what's going on for him. So what are we, what are we doing with him 
Sunday morning, a student, what's our next step? Connecting with the student leader, whether it's student pastor, director, whatever the role is, and getting plugged in there so he'll know what's happening with kids his own age. That's good. Is anyone doing first-time guest tent type things for students on the weekend? I, I've we've been off and on on some of that. Um, it, it can be valuable, even from from. I remember at one time we were actually running a gift bag to the house of the student that day, putting it on their door, so when they got home they received a bag, which is a little bit creepy. So I don't know if I would recommend you doing that. Um, but it is, it, it, it is a way to, to say, hey, we're thinking about you. We're, we were glad that you were there. Um, but ways you can reinforce that, um, introduce them to their student leader, make sure those soft handoffs are happening. One great thing um, that our student pastor is doing at Apex right now is he's making sure whenever that first-time guest comes that they aren't just introduced to an adult leader, but they're also introduced to, to two or three um, students who are in that same age group. So they're connected to a leader, but they're also connected to peers, which is really, um, really invaluable. We, uh, we, we, had, we had kind of did an experiment to see um, guest students when they came in, how long it took for another student to say something to them and welcome them. And it was frightening how long it would take. And so the more we can help to facilitate that connection, especially in student ministry, I think it can be, can be um, really valuable. So did you guys do student gifts? Yeah, we, we have done student gifts, and we, we still do just a small student gift now. What, what type of gift? Like, just a cup or something, and a, and a card that lets you know what events are coming up, um, this, the, the weekly schedule of small groups and some of that. So really informational, just with a little cup and a sticker. Yeah, yeah. How did you, how did you connect the, the team walking in or student college kid walking in to people that were already within the church. You know, you mentioned put them to a couple more students. Were those people, were there students that were already set up to be part of your guest services, or was there a rotation, or was it, hey, you guys already had pre-identified, here's the people we're looking for? That's a great question. Um, We have programming already happening. And so all of our students are gathered in their spaces where they're meeting for that morning, so it makes it easy to make connections. Um, On weeks like, like Easter, we do set up a time where we have students helping with first-time guests because we don't have um, our own programming for students that day that everybody's going um, to the main worship service. But on, on regular weeks, other than in, in Easter, we are connecting them within their program space. Yeah, so we've got um, middle, middle school meeting then um, in, in all of our services, so we're able to connect them there. Now, the high school is a little trickier because high school is on Sunday night for us right now. And so that would be hopefully being able to just shoulder tap a high schooler that's there in the lobby um, to make connections. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, yes, ma'am. I'm sure I understood that. Are, are your youth not meeting in your main worship? They're doing their own worship at the same so, time your main worship going on? So at Summit, we ask everyone to serve one, attend one. So the request for a family or an individual is really to be there for two worship hours. And so in the hours where our middle school school students are in small groups, then we would want the parents to be serving in some capacity within the church. And then the family goes together to church. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Good question. One of the things we're trying to, we've, we've been trying to do lately for older children and younger youth, just depending on the nonverbals you get. 
is um, like we're all in worship together except our preschoolers, is just say to them, hey, after services, you want to meet some of the guys in the band? And then come to the front of the sur- come to the front, and I'll introduce you to some of them. Mm-hmm. And you know that really, and that gets their whole family to the front, and we start talking and stuff like that. You know, and the band knows that we may do that. Yep. You know, call them down because we have youth in the band and stuff like that. So yep. they may identify with them. We always ask them, "Do you play an instrument?" You know, like that. It's good. Because a lot of them are into that. Yep. All right. So Annie's good. She's sleeping. Amy's dancing, doing her doing her songs. Zach's met a couple um, students who, who are near his age. Everybody's checked in. We've got mom and dad now ready um, to go. Um, uh, so in this case, we would probably have that student go with them to service because they're, as a guest family, they're only going to be there one time. All right, so all three now are, are heading into um, to worship service. How long has it taken us to get to this point, minutes-wise? It's taken about 10 to 15 10 to 15 minutes. The family has already made a decision if they're coming back to your church. They haven't made it to the first song being sung in the worship center or the first um, part of preaching, and they've already made a decision if they're coming back next week. Decisions are made within the first 7 to 10 minutes um, for a family to come back. Now, that can be overcome, recognizing that there are always some, um, some of those rules that have... Um, exceptions. But for the most part, people are making a decision about whether they're coming back to your church in the first seven to ten minutes. Before we hear my good sermon? <laughs> What's that? Before they hear my good sermon? <laughs> 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 Only one good sermon? Yeah, like I said, there, there are some exceptions to those rules. And, and the, the music and the teaching are going to be two other things that people are going to be evaluating. Um, but you only have one chance to make a first impression, and you've done that in the first seven to ten minutes. All right, so mom and dad are headed in to worship. Um, I want to spend just a little time here. This is where I would hand it off um, to uh, our worship pastor, and he would actually walk us through, and we do this every week as a team. He walks us through the order of service and what that's going to look like, including um, talking through transitions with the people who um, are going to be on stage for that weekend. If you have different people come up and, up and down to maybe read scripture um, or to do announcements or to lead a prayer time. And so we're walking through this as a whole staff, even the people who aren't involved because they need to hear what's, what, what we're doing in, in the room that day, especially in regards to calls out of the sermon, um, what we want them to respond to during invitation time. Um, so that we are all able to minister knowing what's going on in that room. So he would walk us through that. We use something called Planning Center. Um, One of the the soft resources I'm going to send out to you this week is just a PDF of one of our services broken out with how much detail we like to use in that. Um, Not all of you are going to be able to use Planning Center. That's all right. But it gives you a basis on how to help you just think through, plan out a service um, right through details. Again, details matter. We're breaking down barriers so that they hear the gospel, respond to the gospel, go with the gospel. Right? That's, our, that's our hope. That's our end goal. So Mike's walking through that um, um, with us then. So this is what Tom and Andrea and Zach are going to experience in the worship service. So he's going to walk through the song. He's going to walk through transitions um, with us. And this is on a, on a, on a Thursday before um, the weekend is coming. Now on, on the weekend... Um, about an hour before, he's going to do this same thing with everybody who is involved 
in the room um, for the worship service. So they're going to talk through transitions um, of the songs to each person, and, and this is the timing of what you're going to do. Um, again, not all of you are going to have planning center, but these are good things just to be, 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 be walking through. As you have different people on your stage, um, it's good, especially if they've never stood up in front of anyone before. It's okay to ask them to write out what they're going to say. And it's okay if they read it off a, a card, if that's what they are comfortable with. You know, it, it just depends on how, um, you know, your environment you're creating there and how you want that to feel. Um, but again, looking, looking back to those two tensions, we want to do everything as best we can, recognizing that we don't build the house the Lord does. We want to plan, we want to prepare well, and then we want to trust God in what we've done as we work as unto Him. All right, Tom and Andrea have made it through um, the, the worship service. Um, they have now gone um, back and they have gotten Amy and Annie. How are your parents getting receiving their kids out of um, kids' ministry when they go back right now? Is there a checkout process you've got going on? Matching stickers, anything? Okay. Again, number one, mom and dad, especially mom, are my kids safe? Right? It, it, more, more, the, more you can reinforce that the better. They've, they've gotten their kids. They've gotten the goodbyes on the way out. Your greeting team's done an incredible job at the door saying thank you for coming. Um, if you've given them a gift, they were identified. Hopefully they had not only um, uh, guest team members talking to them, but other people at your church. I hope that you are priming the pump, recognizing that um, it is all of us that are called to do the one another's on the weekend and through the week, and not just your staff and not just a few greeters, but everyone is called to do the one another. And so we want to make sure, and we struggle with this as a church. Like it is often that we get a survey back that says, I came in, the greeting team, the parking team did an incredible job. The greeting team did an incredible job. All the check-in people did an incredible job. Not a single person talked to me. And we hear that time and time again. And it's something that we fight um, and, and we want to continue to fight. So I want to encourage you in that to, to challenge pastors in the room, challenge your people. Um, Does that go home in the back? It, it does not. So we're almost there. All right, we're almost there. Uh, your greeting team's told them goodbye after seven church members have welcomed them and said hello to them, um, told them that they're excited that they're there. They've jumped in their Honda, Honda minivan. Parking attendants have helped them out. If you have a police officer there, he's directed them out into um, the road, and they've headed home. Yes, ma'am? Do you all do anything to identify first-time guests? So we do. Um, we want to be careful in that. We, we don't want to make them feel like they are being singled out, so we don't do anything in the service per se, but we do give them a gift that is in a bag on their way in. Therefore, anyone who sees that gift bag knows that that individual is a, is a first-time guest and that family is a first-time guest. Yep. Um, we, right now, we don't do meet-and-greets either in the service, um, Coronavirus scare, other 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 philosophies um, about that. But right now we don't do that. We've mixed that in and in and out through that. But for sure we don't do anything to single a guest out. Like all the members stand up, guests stay seated, go go see them. We just we, we feel like that 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 is a hurt more than a help. Yeah, good question. Anything else? Yes, sir. I'd like to hear from you or anybody. Do you all do anything special to make sure that a child may or may not have some special needs, especially like allergies? You know, you've got so many 
sensitivities to food, snacks, or anything like that. And obviously the little ones aren't working. It's good. I can speak to it. Anybody else want to speak to it first? That's part of our kids' check-in processes. That's one of the questions. Is there anything we need to know regarding allergies and the kind of snacks that they have? Yeah. Can you flag it so the worker knows that? Though? It's on, ours are on labels, so it's in our database. Yeah, yeah. They're asked, they write it, and then also they have a board in there that if they see anybody labeled as an allergy for a particular thing, they can write it up there so that somebody knows that that's seen. And so we try to make sure it's on the little thing, but also... It doesn't get lost on a little stick on their back. It goes up to another place to be strong. Mm -hmm. Use planning center. That's part of the sticker process. It yeah. comes out on the sticker. Yeah, most, most databases do that nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're and if you're not it, using a database right now, if everything's manual, get a bright orange sticker as bright as you can and put it on their back where it's going to be easily seen. One of the problems I'm finding out with our service starts at nine thirty. And uh, they show up about, oh, I don't know, 927. That's early. Yeah. And so, you know, moving quickly, you know, they don't want to, it's just, you know, yeah. 12 minutes is a long time when you're late. Yeah, so some of that's in training your guest services team, how you want to navigate that. We encourage ours that if they're that late, that we get them over to kids' check-in as quickly as possible, make sure we get the safety pieces, and then we ask them to stop by the first-time guest in on the way out yeah. to get the gift. And we say that. Um, in the service as well. So I'll, I'll say, hey, hopefully you already got a gift. If you didn't already, do that on the way out. So again, we, getting all their information in a guest bag in their hand is important to us, but it's not the most important. Right? We want them to hear and respond to the gospel. So let's get them in, in the big room as quick as we can. It's good. All right. Yes, sir. Different issue. Um, I'm a cancer patient. I haven't shaken hands for two years. I do fist bumps. Yep. I'm I really wish the church would move in that direction, but do you have any, what about the, all the handshaking goes on in front of the church? Um, so, so part of that is that we've taken out any of the meet and greet. Like we just don't, we don't do the meet and greet anymore. You don't have anybody at the door? We have hands. folks at the door. They don't shake hands and they haven't been, some of them do shake hands with people. Like mm-hmm. I, I am a, yeah. yeah, so I'm out front every week and I'm a, if they come with the hand, I'm not going with the hand, and our green team has kind of, they haven't been instructed not to shake hands, but for the most part, like, we are not striving to shake every hand that comes in. It's more of a, we want to make sure there's a smiling face, a good morning, we're glad you're here. The other thing that we do is we've got hand sanitizer stations all over the place. All right, so dad, mom, son, daughter, they've gotten in their minivan, they're headed for Sunday lunch, Monday morning. First thing, they're going to receive some communication from us. Um, we want to, um, I send out an email to them, um, thanking them for being there for the weekend, asking a few questions, and providing that survey for them. And so that's... You send that out as who? Um, it, it comes out from me. I'm, I'm the campus pastor. So in our context, I'm the, the lead of the campus. Um, so, you know, your church can decide how you do that. When I was at Center Grove... Um, that came out from whoever was actually doing guest services, and then we sent out a first-time guest letter as well um, later in the week from Dr. Quartz. So, yeah. So you bring them in the door, you get their information. What what information do you get specifically? That's some, I can send that in soft copy, but we're we're looking for um, name, email, phone number if they're willing to do that because we will and. 
in Monday afternoon, we want to do a follow-up phone call with them. And so we're striving to do that. Um, we don't get, get much deeper than that right now. You know, so we're not jumping in to ages except for, for kids for check-in and all the safety measures over there. Um, so yeah, I can send that, that guest card that we have. Yeah, soft copy. We give them options if they want to provide address and soft yeah. copy. It's not required. Yeah. And we do a che- you know, preferred method of contact, email, um, phone call, text. Yeah. So we don't go too deep in the, that first information. Yeah. Good question. So as a follow-up to that, since you don't get all that information up front, at what part of the process do you try to get them to update their profiles? Mm-hmm. So it, that's the biggest challenge for us. Sure. So, so one of the hardest things is to find the first-time guest when they come back, right? Until they come to a next step event that you have, whatever that looks like, starting point, membership class. Like that's whenever they're back in the system again. Or if they had kids, you see that recurring come through there. So kids is going to get a little more information from them. Um, it is hopefully at starting point. Um, or that next event where you're really starting to get more and more about them. And as you start your membership process, then you're really digging deeper and getting, getting a lot more of the information. All right, so we want to give stepping stones to cross the river. Right? If here is an active, thriving member, and here's the first-time guest, we don't want them to have to jump all the way across the river. So we want them to have stepping stones along the way um, to help them assimilate. That's good. I, th- I think... Yeah, Right here was first, and then I'll come to you, and in the back. You mentioned on Monday you sent an email with, yeah. <clears throat> with a survey on it. Do you have any other contact, a phone call, or anything in addition to that? Yes, sir. Monday? Yes, sir. Then mon- Monday evening, um, staff members have the the contact information of every first time guest. Those are spread out across our staff. Sometimes we do try to pair them. If it's a, a single lady, we have our women's discipleship coordinator contact her. If it's someone with kids, we have our kids director. Um, but there's phone calls made on Monday evening and follow-ups on Tuesday. If the second phone call doesn't get an answer, then a, a personalized email from that staff member. We do have a detachable communication card as a part of our worship folder. that mm-hmm. we do have on there options for people to just check some categories they may be interested in. Yep. Are you interested in children's choirs or adult Bible study or something? And then at that point, that information gets assimilated through to the contact person when they reach out. Is that you think that's a little much too soon at that point? I think you're probably not getting a lot of first-time guests who are willing to give you all that because they aren't at a place where they're like, "Okay, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to serve in kids ministry." Um, I think that that card is important especially later on down. So we have a connection card that is for those who have been visiting to take next steps that we make available um, to them on the weekend. But probably that first time, if, if that's the first time guest strategy, I would think that your percentages are going to be very low of, of getting a lot of those boxes checked. But for more information on things, though, like for mission opportunities, small groups, things like that, first time guest or second week guest, they may. That's really where it's Yeah, more yeah. Sure. And uh, uh, we put a lot of that information in that first-time guest bag that, that they received. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I, I think mine was related to that. It was 20 years ago when I was pastoring. But LifeWay had a little plan, a little card that worked sort of like what I'm assuming planning center does. And I signed up for planning center last week, but I haven't been through it yet. But 
do they assimilate, like, if you, if you learn something, you file it in that database, and it populates to the next level of the kingdom, the next level of the kingdom, is it that? Mm-hmm. So we don't use Planning Center that way. It sounds like maybe some other churches are using Planning Center a little more. We use something called The Rock that is our main database database that is going to be tracking people through the assimilation process. Planning Center is really, we're using it for weekend worship, for special events, to plan those out. Um, I do think it has some more capability. Okay. Okay. There you go. So, so it sounds like Planning Center has made a jump into that world. We're using something called Rock that we had developed. Yeah. Good question. Yeah, yes, sir. A cautionary statement about the one-size-fits-all welcome letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a single adult. I visited a church here in the Triad, and I got a welcome letter welcoming me and my family sure. to, the, to the church. You know, sure. That. Sure. Yeah. Um, details matter. Right, so if you are sending one that every single person gets, make sure it is generic enough um, to, to cover everyone who could be walking through your doors on the weekend. It's good. That's it's good. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. We're trying to train Sorry, our kids. <laughs> when, um, like when, they're, when they're getting that card filled out um, quickly, you know, it's not a lot of information afterwards to write as much as we know. She came along, she put her husband's name down. You know, blah, 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 you know, so she said she hadn't been here before, or to the community, as much as we can, so that that can be personalized for them. I know mm-hmm. you're new to the community, you and your daughter, you know, stuff like that. That's great. You know, that, that, that is a turn off. So that second visit, I don't, I don't know what kind of practices personally you have, if you're striving to remember names as people come, but one, one really good thing for first-time guests, if you are um, pastoral ministry or greeting there every week, is, is writing those things down to remember. And so the next week when they do come back, you're able to look and say, hey, hey, Tom and Andrea, so glad that you're back. Um, you know, would love to, to, to connect with you again. So calling people by name in a second visit is even more valuable than an umbrella. It's good. All right. Um, let, let me just walk through. So, so that's, that, that's that process that I would encourage you maybe to implement in some way with, with your team leads. Um, whether that be a staff team lead or a volunteer team lead, is something that you can just walk through, thinking through things so that you don't... You're, you're always going to miss stuff, right? But this helps you ask those questions of, what about this? What about this? What about this? Um, as you walk through that. So that's the Honda minivan um, guest family. Um, then, so then so we move, move from preparation to execution. And so I really want to, in, in this section in particular... Um, Just quickly, and we've hit on this some, like recognize how valuable it is to have team leaders in place um, on weekend services. There needs to be someone in place who has been recruited, who has been equipped and trained, and who is ready to be the one who makes a call on the weekend. They're the ones who make the decision for that team, and it does not have to be a staff member. right? The leader that you have placed um, over your usher team, Right? Have someone who makes the call that, okay, um, we, if, you, if you section off sections of your worship center, we need to pull the stanchions up so we open this section because we're full. Right? You need to have somebody making that call. You need to have somebody who's helping um, uh, work through the process of taking up the offering and, 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 and uh, doing Lord's Supper. Somebody who is, who is owning that. And not only are they making those calls, but they're also leading and shepherding their teams. 
Right? We've got people in community on service teams with team leads um, who um, can pour into their team leaders to help them grow in their relationship with Christ. And so one of the most important things as execution comes on the weekend is to um, identify, recruit, and train leaders who love Jesus and want others to love Jesus more as well. Right? And so as we're executing, those team leaders are so important. We want to be able to give them guardrails. Now, we don't want to micromanage them, but we do want to give them guardrails with, wit, with, with, with what to work in. And so we give job descriptions for, for our team leads and for our volunteers. Um, we want to be cheerleaders for them. We want to encourage them. Um, we want to thank them um, for what they do and how they lead and how they love our people. Um, and then we want to be able to go back and, and help, help them um, be accountable to evaluate um, what, what, what the weekend looks like. So in the execution piece, I, I, I can't, like, as ministry leaders in the church, you know more and more um, that if you strive to do everything in your church on your own power, that there isn't going to be much accomplished, right? The church is carried out. That's why we are called to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, right? And so one of, one of my greatest joys is to help identify, help our staff identify men and women who are gifted who are knocking it out of the ballpark in the business world, who are knocking it out of the ballpark um, in the sales world, who are knocking it out of the ballpark um, at home at moms who are, uh, at home as moms who are knocking it out of the ballpark as, as doctors and, and lawyers and firemen, to see that they can use the gifts God has given them to leverage them for the kingdom on the weekend, to identify them, recruit them, and then train them. Give them the guardrails. Right? You can't um, hold somebody accountable something with expectations that are n- unknown. And so our team leads and our volunteers need to know the expectations that they are called to carry out um, on a weekend. And so in execution, you know, hopefully by now you've, done, you've planned well. Um, you have come to a place of, of trusting the Lord for your plan. Um, you recognize that He is the one who has built the house and you are executing on the weekend with the team leads that are in place and the, the volunteers God has given you. And then evaluation. Third thing. So we've got preparation, execution, evaluation. Um, about two years ago, um, uh, one of our pastors at Summit came to me uh, after one of the sermons I preached, and he just said, you, know, you need more, more questions in your sermon. Like there is, There's tremendous power in a question. Right? And, and, and after that, it kind of stuck with me. And evaluation is kind of that, that there's power um, in a question. And so four questions that we walk through as a staff team um, and we ask our, our volunteer team leads to, to navigate are these. First, how did you see God work? Right? Because on, on the weekend, in your services, in your kids' ministry, in your student ministry, in conversations in the lobby, God is at work in and through our people. So we want to celebrate those. We want to recognize um, His hand um, in our churches. We want to not take those for granted, and we want to um, spend time just just thanking Him for that work. Second, what went well? And these can take on different forms um, of how you you, you put these, but you want to start with what went well for that day, Um, especially if you're thinking about looking back at the plan that you were, were striving to execute. How did these things go? Did the transitions we worked through um, actually work? Or did they hurt more than hinder? 
Um, were we effective in, in pulling down obstacles to the gospel for our first-time guest families? How did, how did kids' ministry feel? How did numbers feel? Did we have enough leaders? Asking all those questions of what went well and the same ones with what didn't go well. Right? You're going to have, have both sides of that. And then perhaps the, the next one is the most important. What do we need to change for next time? So if you're evaluating um, weekend services, what do we need to change um, by the time Sunday morning at 8 o'clock when we're getting our teams ready again? What needs to change um, by Sunday morning at 8 o'clock? Maybe what needs to change in our communication to everyone by Thursday afternoon or whenever that all goes out. Um, What needs to change? So this works for weekend services, and it also works really well um, for large events, whether that be... Um, and Easter's not an event, those are services, but, but Easter takes on its own shape, right? We, we all understand that. So, so if we're evaluating Easter in those things, I really want to bring in as many team leads as I can to get, to get feedback. We archive that information so that next February when we start thinking about Easter and planning for Easter, that we bring out um, those notes and we walk back through those and we know what to change for this Easter. In the same way, we look at, at the notes from each week and, and try, to, try to shift and move forward so that the weekends, again, are done with excellence, so that we are um, pulling down obstacles to the gospel so we see men, women, boys, and girls transformed um, by the power of the gospel. All right, we had a lot of questions in there, and we're five minutes till lunch, but um, what other questions do you have? Yes, sir. How does the website conversation play a factor in in the sense that do you find that more people come informed about the ministries already having seen the website or do you find that it's more of pulling out your iPad and you're using the website to then inform them why they're already on campus? Have you seen the Yeah, I think there may be a little of both. A lot of what we see at Summit is that friends are coming with friends and family. And when that happens, there's probably not as much web interaction, but we're also in a part of the state where there are a lot of people moving in every, um, every year before school start and in January, in December, January. And so those folks um, have either asked for recommendations or have gone to the website and navigated that. Um, we, um, we right now don't choose to have like a what to, what to expect necessarily, but, but I do think that those have value, um, especially if you are in a population, in a context where there are more people moving in who aren't going to have an immediate invite from a friend or a family. And then during the weekend, a a lot of that is interaction with iPads and with our team, helping them with connections and and finding those resources. Yeah, good question. What else? Yes, sir. So how do you guard with this, the priority when you talk about excellence and so forth, and, and definitely we want that. How do you guard that from becoming the machine and and not, you know, talk about how you guard that. Man, at the end of the day, yeah. we're talking about people and lives. That's right. And we want this thing to flow smooth. We want it to be sharp. But, man, also there's room for Jesus in here. That's right. And uh, I, I hear you saying all that, but what are some philosophy you kind of talk to your team about yeah. uh, in the moment that, man, there's some things, this may shift direction or something, but we need to be locked in. Yeah, that, that, that is that tension to be managed, especially if you're in a larger context, um, running multiple services, where if you don't end at this time, kids' ministry is going to be overcrowded. You're going to have a lobby full of people, and you've got to, you've got to hit, hit numbers. If you're in that context, I mean, it, it is a tension that is hard to manage. Um, again, we, 
in the preparation and in the follow-up, you always want to be constantly going back to what are you seeing God do in the lives of people. On the weekends, you want to still have flexibility for the Lord to work. So even within our, our services, we have some flexibility to do that. Um, and we have four services on the weekends, so we are evaluating after every one. So Saturday at 5.30, I'm there with the team, and we are talking about, okay, what do we need to do for the next service? We're doing the same thing for the Sunday morning ones. And so there is some flexibility there. And then we try to build in some time at the end to where if whatever the response looks like, if we need to to extend that a little bit, we do. But it's definitely a tough, t- it, I mean, it's a hard, it is a hard tension, especially if you're in a larger context. Yeah. Yes, sir? What about uh, the um, what about a mystery guest approach? Mm-hmm. Any thoughts from anybody on that? I think they can be very effective. There are plenty of groups now who are offering offering that. Tony Morgan Live does does an offering of that. I know Vanderbloom, and there, there are several that do that. You could just ask some friends at other churches to do that as well, to come in and be a secret shopper. Um, fresh eyes are a great thing because we see the same thing every week, and we may work really hard to see things, but at the end of the day, we still have some blinders on that other people who come into our context are going to be able to see and help us see. So I think it, it's a great practice that you should do multiple times a year. If you can, you try doing it yourself somewhere else too. We've done that with our family before. And remember, it was like finding places for our kids to go and mm. where we get. And... It's good. Yes, sir. Two biggies. Yep. Uh, uh, I see breakdowns all the time in this, and it's, and it's tolerated. Uh, uh, audio trouble and slide projection trouble. Yeah. And and week after week, you know, and it's it's tough. Yep. But you got to change that. Yeah. You, and and some people don't think so. It's okay. Well, that you know. So I know not everybody can do this, but we do a full run through every weekend. The person who's going to run pro presenter for that weekend, they are there. They are along with the songs. They've also gotten the songs the week before. So they already have them in their head, and they're working through that in the run-through. Do some things still mess up? Yeah, some things still mess up. Um, but having that full run-through of a service, other than the preaching, can be incredibly valuable for your teams. And so, you know, the person who is changing lights, if you do lights, they're there for the run-through, and they're walking through every single transition. After they've talked through them, then they're actually executing them. So, yeah, we do church, other than the preaching, five times a weekend. The public expectations are high yep. for these things. That's right. So you can't, you can't just, you know, look, roll with the punches. There, they got to be right. Yep. And and you have to convince people that they have to be right because they're not convinced. That's right. And again, we again we aren't. We're never going to be perfect. Right? We're not. We're not striving per, per, for perfection, but we do want to have excellence to break down those barriers. Yeah, one of the things on the slides we do is we have at least two or three people to try to go through the slides to catch the spellings. spellings, Mm -hmm. This font needs to move down, whatever. Because it it can look right on a screen, but when it goes on a projector, it changes. (laughs) Yep, that's good.
Father, we love you. We thank you indeed that you are at work in and through your people. We thank you for the local church, your plan A, to make a people for yourself. God, I pray for every um, man and woman in here. I pray for their churches, that they would see your hand, a mighty work of your spirit within there, that you would see, that they would see men, women, boys, and girls come to, to love you more, say yes to the gospel, and then be sent out with that gospel for the sake of your glory and your kingdom advance. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all.